and brighter until perfect day. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Learn to be sensitive in the presence of God. as we were praying now I don't usually do this but as we were praying the Lord opened my eyes and I could see the angels of God who came and people were not claiming so they turned back and started going back and the Lord said if you don't tell them you'll be in trouble tell your neighbor only believe Praise God. The title of today is Gratitude. Gratitude. Being thankful to God. Psalms chapter 100 verse 4. Psalms 100 verse 4. The Bible says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Enter his gates. Enter. When you're approaching the Lord, how do you approach? Do you approach the Lord with complaints? Do you approach the Lord with murmurs? So the first thing is thanksgiving. You know, you never know how much the Lord has done for you until you begin to look back. Praise God. I want you to think of the you today. Compare that you with the same person three years ago. There's a song we sing, you've done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. If you'd sit down and be grateful to God, you would do more. How many of us like people who we help, but they are never grateful? If you like people who you help and are not grateful, lift your hand. But you see, we enter God's house, God's gate, with complaints. Lord, you didn't do this. You didn't make this happen. You had promised. You said this. He says, enter with thanksgiving. Let us look at a few things that he has done for you first. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. The Bible says, but be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. There are two sides of things that he does for you. Because of time, write down spiritually. Spiritually, there are three things. Number one, he has given you or he has made you right with himself. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. He has made you right with himself. 
The Bible says, therefore, there is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. Not because of how good you are this week. Not because of how good you are last month. No. He has just decided to make you fit for himself. Number two, he has given you the right to become a child of God. John chapter 1 verse 12. For as many as have received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Now, I want us to see something. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Now, I want you to notice here it says sons. Not just children, sons. Why? Read the same chapter, verse 19. For those who can get it from the King James, even better. The Bible says the earth is eagerly groaning, waiting for what? The manifestation of the sons of God. That means the world is waiting for you because he has made you what? A child. Now you are the answer to the world. There are people here, Europe is waiting for you. Kenya, Nairobi is waiting for you. But you see, the problem is, you don't analyze what he has already given you. We have this thing of always wanting more without even understanding what we already have now. The Bible says something. I'll praise God because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you know that just the way you are, just the way you are, you are someone's dream. Just the way you are. Do you thank God for it? Or do you blame him for what you don't have? <laughs> Thirdly, this is still in the spiritual part. He has given you access I challenge you, go to the, go to State House and try and meet the President right now. I challenge you. Let's see how long it will take. But to meet the God of the universe, no protocol. Anytime, anywhere you want. Says, my child, call upon me. Today, many people are looking for God. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. He says, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you unsearchable things. Free access. Ask your neighbor, how much would you pay for this? <laughs> if rent, you're already struggling. Now, Physically, now those who are spiritually, 
And by God's grace, we're going to talk about them one of these Sundays. Physically. <laughs> Psalms 139, verse 14. You have the privilege to see, to come here, walk with your feet. day, take a moment, just go to hospital. Just take a walk in the hospital and see what people are going through. You will thank God that you have what you have already. But you see, we neglect it. When someone is not sick, you don't really understand how valuable food is. Until when they cook your best meal, but you get sick. Right now, after this service, you are planning to visit ABC. So imagine you didn't have those legs. Anything can happen anyway, right now, isn't it? Do you even thank God for your physical condition? Or do we keep complaining for what we don't have yet? This is why 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you. If you have a physical Bible, Underline all circumstances. There's a joke. Someone was asking God, God, you told me to go to the river. You will be with me. We got into the boat. And the boat began to drown and sink. But you told me you'll be with me. He said, yes, I was with you. See, the thing is, I taught you how to swim, but your enemies don't know how to swim. <laughs> so that disaster was actually God's plan. The problem is how you look at the disasters in your life. Now, God has already told us we are his children, isn't it? If you are a parent here or a future parent-to-be, and you plan to destroy your own children, lift your hand. Why would God plan your destruction? My people perish because of what? You are not looking at the situation in God's eyes. Is it a disaster? Someone will say, Pastor, what is there to thank God about? Really? Let us look at the life of someone, Joseph. Now, because of time, we're not going to read everything. But go to chapter 37. We're going to read here and there. Jo Genesis, Genesis 37. Let's start from verse 26. We're going to read 26 to 28. Praise God. 
tell your neighbor, not all disasters are disasters. The Bible says, Judah said to his brothers, what do we gain if we kill our brother and cover it up? Come, let's sell him. This is their brother. Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he's our brother. He's our flesh and blood. He's our brother. So his brothers agreed. So when the Midianites came, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 25 shekels of silver <laughs> to the Ishmaelites who took him away. Now, to the normal mind, this is a disaster. Your own family is selling you. But you see, they sold him to where the true destiny began. If Joseph was not sold, how would he have gone to Egypt? Just like so-and-so betrayed you. Don't you understand? That's the whole plan. We have to learn to thank God. In all circumstances. Because if you read on. Skip to verse 36. The Bible says, meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to who? Potiphar. I don't know how Joseph would have met Potiphar if it were not for this transaction. Now, At some point, you prayed to God and life seemed to be stable. Just like when Joseph got to the house of Potiphar. Life seemed to be stable. Potiphar began to like him. Things were working out for him. Go to chapter 39. Same book. Genesis 39 verse 1 to 6. The Bible says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in the eyes of in his eyes, and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his entire household and entrusted everything at his care. You see, life seemed stable. Things were working out well. If you keep reading, the Bible says Potiphar didn't worry about anything else, only what he ate. But then just as life began to become well, Potiphar's wife came, and we know the story. All of a sudden, Joseph was now in prison. Just like you prayed and you received that miracle and before long, Lord, disaster. Tell your neighbor again, not all disaster is disaster. You see, when he went to prison, he didn't just go to any prison. The Bible says he went to the royal prison. That means he met the officials of the country. From there, that's where the king had arrived. Imagine he had not gone to prison. Where would he meet the king? 
some of you, that failure is actually God's plan. But you see, you don't understand that in all things give first what? Thanks. You are just seeing this disaster. Look, it is in sickness that you know who are your true friends, you know? How many of your friends will come and wash you when you can't wash yourself? How many of them will sacrifice their money and their time to stay with you when you can't? Oh, right now they praise you. You are very successful. You know, everything is working out well. constraint. But write down, you're going to read at home, Genesis 41, verse 9 to 14. Genesis 41, verse 9 to 14. The Bible says, that's when, after he had interpreted dreams in the prison, someone from the prison went and told Pharaoh, you know what, there's this guy who's in prison who interprets dreams. This is two years later. God kept him in prison for two years. You know what God was doing? God was connecting him. But you see, to the naked eye, the guy is in prison. I'm telling you, there's a prison and there are prisons. Do you do, did you know that even the prison has special words? So there's a prison where you go, <laughs> you leave that place with great connections. One phone call, <laughs> a door opens. But the Lord kept him in prison for two years. The Lord has kept you in that place for this long. Listen, open your eyes. Stop seeing what others are seeing. Open your eyes. You prayed and you fasted. You fasted again and you prayed. And the Lord is quiet. Open your eyes. What am I not seeing here? You see, gratitude, and write that down. Gratitude makes you look at things differently. When you thank God for that food, that's when it comes to your mind. Do you know that there are some people who have not eaten? When you are praying to God and you say, Father, I thank you for my family. That's when it comes to mind. Do you know that some families are mourning right now? There's someone who they have lost. Lord, I thank you that I'm in school even though I've not yet paid. That's when you realize, do you know that there are some who have not even started? Tell your neighbor, be grateful. There's a story of uh, a young man. He had prayed for a job. You know, he fasted and did all these things. So finally, he applied at the World Bank. And the World Bank accepted him. Glory to God, he celebrated with the family. 
so the World Bank told him, okay, you have to come to Geneva. So they paid his ticket, and the plane had to make a scale. That means a stop somewhere and then continue. So as they stopped, I believe they stopped in Cameroon or something. His boss called him, said, there's so-and-so document at the airport. Go and get it since the, the plane will be there for two hours. Go, get it, drop it at so-and-so office, and then you come. So the man went quickly, DHL, got the document, got into the car, went and, you know, dropped. On his way back, there was traffic jam. He thought maybe this jam would be 20, 15 minutes. The jam was so big, 30 minutes to the plane. <laughs> he began doing what we Africans do. He began binding, <laughs> casting out all devils. You know, this is a family issue, you know, African family. <laughs> this must be grandmother so-and-so. <laughs> Finally, by the time he arrived at the airport, he saw how the plane was supposed to take him and fly. The man began, you know, he broke down. He began crying. I've lost my job, this job opportunity, World Bank. So as the man is there busy sobbing uncontrollably, they hear the communication. 15 minutes after the flight, the plane crashed. Now tell me, was it really family witted? He would have gotten there on time and today it was in another story. That delay is not necessarily a delay. God is trying to stop you from something or prepare you for something. Do you know that you have more appetite? The more hungry you are, the more appetite you have. Huh. So God is probably keeping you there to increase that hunger. So that by the day you get this thing, you will actually seriously enjoy it. But if he gives you now, you see, when someone is full, no matter what quality of food you buy, he may say, ah, no, I'll keep it, don't worry, I'll eat it. But you see, when there has not been a job, this is now the seventh year. <laughs> and then you finally get that job. The way you will work, I think even the boss will praise God for you. The first one to enter the office, the last one to leave. <laughs> but you see, now that you have some money in the pocket, you join these associations of people who discuss with their bosses. <laughs> Lamentations chapter 3, verse 27. The Bible says, It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. That's what God is doing to you right now. There are some sufferings. He wants you to have them now and get wisdom. Had our parents known some of the things we know now, things would be different. I'll give you an example. Did you know that they didn't have to suffer that much for you to go to school? 
is the bank a new invention? Come on, talk to me. The bank has been there for a while, isn't it? Now, there's this thing called compound interest, where you just take money, leave it there, don't touch it, and the money grows. You started college at 20 or, you know, 19. There was a time in their life God blessed them so much. If they had just taken just something of that money, put it in an account and forgot it until the day you started university, you wouldn't discover it. But you see, they didn't know. So now you who is here today, God has held you back from starting that family before you know this information. He needs you to know this. You are planning five kids, okay. Plan for those five accounts. Once you understand how it works, it brings now your spouse. Now you know what to do. The future kids will thank God for their dad or their mom. Say, these guys were wise. But if he gives you that husband now, now ask your neighbor, if, if they are a lady, ask them about a husband. If they are a man, ask them about a wife. If he gives you that spouse now, what will you do with them? What is the plan? God, it is time. You know, we have to get married here. What is the plan? Oh, you know, I don't want to be married. Okay, no problem. God makes you the chairman of XYZ company. You are leading 70,000 people. Give me the plan. Let's go. No, these are 70,000 families who are on you. Three people already, you are about to die. Just <laughs> your own brothers, three. Tell your neighbor, delay. Every delay is not justified. There are some delays you'd look back and thank God that you didn't answer that prayer that you so much fasted for. Let us conclude. There's so much more to say. But because of time. Write this down. You're going to read at home. At least write it. Judges chapter 11. I'd like you to read the whole verse. The whole chapter. Judges chapter 11. I'll summarize that story. The Bible talks about a man called Jephthah. Jephthah, his own family, kick him out because he was the child of another woman. His family kicked him out. Say, no, 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 you won't share with us. In verse 2, the Bible says, he went away and there, a gang of losers, that's what the Bible says, a gang of losers, squanderers, the Bible calls them went to him and joined him. But you see, some years later, that band of losers became the men with whom he saved Israel. <laughs> you look at the team that God is giving you, you're thinking, God, these guys don't even know left from right. That's the whole point. 
Have you noticed how it is very hard to call brother so and so for fellowship? You know, these spiritual people. <laughs> but now God is bringing those who are drinking and you know. That's the whole plan. Because those ones tomorrow will become the mighty men in your life. David, the same thing. If you read the book of Chronicles, he ran away and the Bible says those who are in debt. <laughs> those who are in trouble with the law are the ones who went to him. But later on, there's a whole chapter that says these are the mighty men of David who secured his kingdom. What are the people that God is bringing around you? Or rather, who are the people? How do you look at them? God, I need that connection in some so often. No, that connection is the one. Look at the one who's next to you. That's the connection right there. I want you to look at them. That's the connection right there. Do you know what these people will become tomorrow? Praise God. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and to give you a future. Praise God. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8. The Bible says, better the end of a matter than the beginning. Don't look at the beginning of your situation. Look at the end. Praise God. Don't look at the beginning of that relationship. Look at the end. One of my best friends to date, when we first met, I hated this guy. I didn't like him at all. And he also didn't like me. Actually, people knew these people don't like each other. It was to the extent that if he sat on that seat, I would not sit on that seat again. But with time, you see, I learned that, hey, this person knows things that I don't know. And I know things that he doesn't know. Tell your neighbor, pride is not good. Swallow your pride. I swallowed my pride. I went, I told him, my friend, I don't like you. And I know you don't like me. But for the sake of this work that we need to do, can we work together? That's fine. Now, in the beginning of the working together, we were not still trusting each other. I'll give him half truth, he'd give me half truth. By the time we finished that year, at his house, I never went there. The whole family already knew me. On this other side, the same thing. He became so close that if I found him fighting, I don't care whether he's right or wrong. I will fight first. We finish the fight, then I ask, what did you do? of something than what? With that being said, we're going to bow our heads. I want you to thank God 
for what is happening in your life right now. Regardless of how it looks like, thank him first. Maybe he's made you that broke so that the people who are there for money should go away. 